Hi, my name is Steve Olson. I'm your host of The Olson Files. The Olson Files cover politics, sports, and cars. So, I have a new website coming up. We're just going to cover, like I said, all um, all politics, kind of like a lifestyle blog, mostly politics, sports, and cars. Um, just a lots of different things, lots of different news going on. Um, and then let's let's just go into it. So, we got a lot of different politics going through the United States of different things fighting on the border, Trump being cleared of uh, actual Russia collusion. One of the um, things that looks up for him, along with him being cleared of Russia collusion, which I thought there's no evidence and got in a lot of debates when I was going to college last year with people, but I'm so glad to be out of there. Um, I won't name the college, but very, very far left um, college. But let's just go to some good news for Trump. So this is a CNBC U.S. weekly jobless claims dropped to the lowest level since 1969. This is published Thursday, April 4th, 2019. We got a little um, key points for the article starts. The number of Americans filing applications for unemployment benefits dropped to a more than a 49-year low last week. The data pointed to sustained labor market strength despite slowing economic growth. Initial claims for state unemployment benefits dropped to 2002 for the week ended in March 30th, the lowest level since early December 1969, the Labor D Department said. So <clears throat> that's a 49-year low. So we have this, um, we have all these people on the Democrat side trying to say that, oh, this is Obama's economy, but it was just a combination of a lot of regulations getting slashed, um, tax cuts, a new uh, America First trying to bring back jobs and give them incentives to bring back uh, big companies and companies coming back to America. But this looks um, like a really, really good trend for Trump. The unemployment rate is forecasted unchanged at 3.8%. And then Thursday's claims reported showed the number of people receiving benefits after initial week of aid decreased 38,000 to 1.7 million in the week ended in March. This four-week moving average of the so-called continuing claims slipped 8,000 to 1.74 million. So <clears throat> there's more and more jobs out for people. More and more Americans are working. And there's also another article that I need to find later, but they said that um, the lack of uh, immigrant workers is actually giving Americans higher wages. And then we go to Breitbart. America created 196,000 jobs in March, beating expectations for 170,000. And again, it says the unemployment rate held steady at 3.8% said economists had expected 170 jobs and the unemployment rate to remain unchanged. February was revised from originally reported 20,000 to 33,000. And January was revised up by 1,000 jobs to 312,000. Then we scroll down a little, um, well, down in the article, it says job growth in healthcare was particularly strong, adding 49,000 jobs, construction added 16,000 jobs, bars and restaurants, 27,000 27, jobs. 
And since President Trump was elected in November 2016, the economy has created over 5.5 million jobs. Wages continue to climb a bit a slower pace than in February. So, the jobs are slowing down, but we have more and more people who are working. It's a 49-year, you know, in in the 49 years, but... It said, it even goes on to say um, that a government reported average early claims from all non-farm employees on a private non-fall payrolls rose by $0.04 cents to twenty-seven seventy, falling to $0.10 cent again in February over the past 12 months. Average hourly increase has increased by 3.2%. Average hourly earnings, private sector production, and non-supervised employees increased by $0.06 cents to $23.24 in March. And then it goes on to say down here... Last week's applications for unemployment benefits came in 2000, 2000, the lowest in nearly 50 years. 49, you know, 50 years. So, Trump's economy is doing really, really, really good. Now, these um, economy numbers, more and more people are pointing to a Trump um, landslide. So, that's good that with the economy you have bill maher trying to say that well i wish the economy would fail so that um trump would you know have a better chance of losing and they keep trying to change rules like get um immigrants to vote uh change electoral college which is what the founders didn't want they wanted to give power to all states and not just uh, select few. They were against a DTX democracy that was direct, direct democracy, not ruled by the masses, but you know, ruled by the states as all together. So, I really think going forward, people are going to look at that and have to take that into account. That more and more, more and more, um, more and more people are working that weren't working in the Obama presidency and that that's going to give him a better chance of winning. We go to the, we go to the New Yorker, as 2020 grows near, Democrats could experience Trump re-election panic. And we just go down that Trump's ruling has bounced back to the level to mid-level 40s that appear to be his long-term floor. Lest we forget, according to Gallup, his favorability number just above the winning presidency was 36. 61 response gave him a favorable rating. And speaking of 2016, Republicans arguably retained electoral college <clears throat> advantage. The initial 2020 presidential battleground map from Larry Sabadeo's crystal ball, a well-regarded political site, showed Republicans with 248 electoral votes and Democrats 244, with 46 in the toss-up category. We got on to say, uh, explain Trump's strong position. The president's first, the president's base first strategy could again deliver him the White House, thanks in large part to his strength in the nation's one remaining true swing region the Midwest. He's an incumbent, and incumbents are historically harder to defeat, although it may be that incumbency means less up and down ticket in an area defined by party polarization. Still, the crystal ball senior columnist will regard potential time for change model 
currently projects Trump with a 51.4% of the vote based on the most recent measures of presidential approval and quarterly GDP growth. The model's official projection is based off of those figures in the summer of 2020. So, we got even more far-left-leaning websites, magazines, all pointing towards a Trump re-election. So, we can we can um, really really see that the pain is going to start to set in, and that's why they want supposedly the full release of the um, of the Mueller account. But we have different politicians that didn't say the same thing when the Clinton trial came through. They're now saying different things. That we need to be respectful and not release this transcript of people who were interviewed under oath or under a jury. And now the Democrats who are all trying to protect Clinton are now changing the tune on a full redacted release of the trials and the testimonies. But, just like Rush Limbaugh said, they know they can't do that because that's breaking the law. But the Democrats somehow managed to go around the law. But let's just look up some more stuff about this election. Because Trump was not supposed to win, and then they try to give excuse to why he did win against Clinton. So, let's go to Political by Ben White and Steve, Stephen Shepard. How Trump is on track for a 2020 landslide. Economic models point to a Trump blot in 2020, <clears throat> but a faltering economy or giant scandal could change everything. Now, this was published um, March. 21st, 2019. So this is a little bit, um, it's not that long ago, and the economy numbers look really, really good. So there couldn't be really, you know, faltering economy, giant scandal. They were really hoping, again, for like Bill Maher and other Democrats for the economy to sink, or a giant scandal like the Mueller investigation, which um, was just a witch hunt. That should never took place in the first place. So that's why they are still strong on trying to prove that somehow he did or it's just a conspiracy that Barr didn't release it. But again, you can't release that. Like Rush Limbaugh said, if you listen to him, you can't release that all of the transcripts. That's just not legal. So we have... The Democrats, like Rachel Maddow, is almost crying on her TV show about it. But let's just take some of this article and just kind of dive into what they say. President Donald Trump has a low approval rating. He's engaging in a bitter turtle wars and and they go on about the investigation. 
But if the election were held today, he's likely right to a second term in a huge landslide according to multiple economic models with strong track records of picking presidential winners and losers. Okay, so we have economic models. So maybe that's a little different than the polling because we all know that the polling was wrong. And that's why people were so shocked that I th- um, a lot of different, you know, pundits that talk about this say, well, you know, the Democrats just stayed home. But we have a lot of different people who study this stuff. Um, we've got the Red Elephants, Ben Shapiro. Um, people actually study this actually have him performing a little under actually Mitt Romney, but he still won that was like a generic Republican in the states that Republicans generally win. He mostly won along with the um along with the swing states that actually propelled him to the two thousand sixteen election of becoming president and being elected. And they say they credit a strong U.S. economy featuring low unemployment, raising wages, and low gas prices, along with the historic advantage held by incumbent presidents. So they really want to stress this, incumbent presidents. So what have we had in the last, gee, 16 and count 2020, 20 years? Well, we've had a Bush winning multiple terms, four years, another four years, the longest um president can serve, then we have Obama being elected and being re-elected. So is this going to continue the trend of um, another four years for Trump? I think so. He's doing really good. And it goes down to say, while Trump appears to be in a much stronger position than his approval ratings and eventual beltway wisdom, I suggest he also could wind up in trouble if the economy slows markedly below now and next fall, as analysts predict it will. Well, so far he's defined the odds again. Another legal bombshell could explode in the current scenario. Trump's party manager lose the House in 2018 despite a strong economy, so laws could wind up wrong this time around. So, that's not really entirely true. Um, there's a lot of different reports out that, like, Google helped kind of swing the election by kind of hiding a lot of conservative stuff and banning it, like on YouTube. And so, kind of like a... Uh, kind of like a thing together with Google and YouTube teaming up to kind of ban conservative talk and go after stuff. That's why a lot of people felt like Obama even won his second term is because he went after his opposition with IRS and shut down a lot of people being able to talk out. Now, we know that that's true, but we just need to look more into Google and YouTube which is suppressing um, people's videos, which they don't like. Like, um, you know, some people may call me conspiracy theorist, but you look at what happened to Alex Jones. Like, 1984, he was unpersoned. So they are restricting different videos and are um, not allowing people to make money off of videos which they don't agree with. So that's another question. Like, should the government come in and break that up, say make sure everything's fair and free speech because that's what they are going on, that they're free speech and not a and not a uh and they're not enforcing politics. But if they are enforcing politics then, you know, should they step in or should you just want the government to just, you know, allow them over free market but they really can't say the for free speech or they're non 
uh, political when they're doing that. And then Google is actually um, hiding results. And we have multiple people um, to talk about it, you know. Um, so maybe that could be it. But I really don't think with, you know, like Cortez trying to, um, trying to promote basically a communist system. They say socialism, but the end goal of socialism is communism. When people like her and now her fake accent, her fake, you know, black accent, like talking down to black people, there's actually a study done that more liberal people actually change their dialect to, um, they, they slow in the dialogue, they kind of act like they're almost stupid, or this, this actually steady said around people of color, and then you have Hillary Clinton doing that, engaging in a black dialect, and now Cortez, and it's just a bigotry of the low expectations, and when you talk down, and that's why I think you see that, you know, the Blexit, and, um, they have a lot of different groups who are now switching, um, away from it, you had the walk away, um, the founder, and he kind of started this, which is really, really nice to see that you don't have to vote because you supposedly have to vote Democrat because you're black. But with the Blexit, with the economy doing good, with unemployment low, you see all these signs point to, hey, Donald Trump is going to probably get reelected. And you have some contenders like Bitter O'Rourke, which I don't even know why to use that surname. Um, I thought it was Irish, but I don't know why he's trying to use a Mexican surname. And then they said talking of his native language at one of his events. Like, they're just not um, authentic. Like Liz Warren lying about being, uh, you know, like Indian. And then you have Joe Biden, creepy Joe of like, can't keep his hands to himself and and there's multiple videos multiple pictures of him touching people all the time but they don't want the democrat party doesn't want an old white man to run they want a you know the clement harris and um people like that because they because they push this narrative of you know, old white men are the evil people, and like Cory Booker, they want those people to run. They want those people who are thought to be hip or leading the charge or anybody like that. They want them to be front and center and no white people. So it's kind of like, well, you gotta decide. Do you want to vote for your country first, or you want to vote based on race? And I think more and more people you see exiting the Democrat Party because they realize that, you know, this isn't the party of JFK. This is a party of the new socialist, the communists, these people who are all about race-based initiatives like reparations. Well, who's all going to pay that? Every single white person? Are you going to take a list of people who um, who were here when slavery was supposed to going on, their families? Do it like that. What about the... Um, immigrants that came here in the 1860s, 1890s, like many Scandinavians did, are they going to have to pay? But they didn't have anything to do with that. So even if your family did have supposedly slaves, it still wasn't you, and those people weren't slaves. So 
we have this reparations thing, and it just shows that the whole Democrat Party is going further and further left, that they're promoting these people, and they don't realize that if they just promoted a moderate, that they might actually have a chance of winning, because, like, Bernie Sanders might have been able to beat Trump. But the Democrat Party, you know, they gave him the... They gave the questions in the debate to Hillary Clinton, and then they... And then when they did giving her the votes instead of Bernie, they wanted her to get in and just have a woman because they already elected, you know, a half black guy. So it was all about gender and not about policy or not about your views. It was just about gender, just like when they voted Obama in, it was just about his race. So that's why they lost. And they could have won the presidency if maybe they would have let it be fair and not push Clinton in. But that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to push Joe Biden out of the way. And um, Joe Biden is probably more electable than a Kamala Harris or a Cory Booker or a better O'Rourke. And um, there's more and more rumors going around that Bernie Sanders might be behind this. And Joe Biden is pissed. But he has a right to be. I mean, I don't like the guy, but... This wasn't a big deal. Only the people on the right were really talking about it. But, um, yeah, so more and more, the Democrats just being crazier. And it looks like the 2020 election with all these different factors coming in. And let's read a little more of this. All these different factors, and Trump is going to probably get reelected. Laskin's current model, which looks at the GDP growth, gas prices, inflation, disposable incomes, tax burdens, and payrolls, has Trump winning by a blowout margin of 294 electoral votes. The White House remains confident that the GDP tax cut will support the growth of 3% both this year and next, keeping job wages and wage gauges strong. That's much higher than the consensus forecast from the Federal Reserve and the major banks that generally see a global slowdown led by China and Europe, coupled with the fading impact of U.S. tax cuts, pushing U.S. growth closer to 2% this year with a job with job gains slowing. So, this was in March, and we just got um, the weekly uh, jobs created and jobless claims, which was Thursday, April 4th. And let's scroll up a little bit in April 5th. So, almost about two weeks later, the economy is still going and still surpassing expectations. So, this again looks really, really, really good for Trump. But, just like Clinton voters, Republicans cannot get complacent. We need to keep fighting. There was just a Jewish man... Um, that was attacked for wearing a Magna hat at a Starbucks restaurant, which turned out to be under his hat was a yarmulke. Hopefully I said that right. But this Mohawk lady was attacking him, calling him a Nazi and stuff. And this guy is like, wait a minute, I'm a Jew and talked about it. And later on, she got fired when she was trying to dox him. Like, I want to find out where you live. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose everything. We're going to pick it outside your house. But this just doesn't show how hinged everybody was. And how they were banking it on two things, either wanting the economy to collapse or the Mueller investigation to find him guilty, which was, again, a witch hunt. So those two things didn't happen, so this is even going to drive people more insane to start attacking Trump supporters. 
Now, I personally would not, um, I never really put like bumper stickers on my car for political reasons or wear hats, but I think people that do that, it's okay. It's a right to. You should never get attacked for that. But, you know, this is only going to make these people more insane and, like, attack people. But so far, this, all these different things are adding up, are looking really, really, really good for Trump. So, whatever they want to say, um, I think they're going to have to um, eat a lot of crow again. When they mocked him for not being able to do this and that, and now he's going to, um, now he's going to prove everybody wrong again. So everything looks really, really good for <clears throat> Trump, and he's going to get reelected. So again, the Olson files are called Politics, Sports, and Cars. So let's get to a little sports. So, we're going to kind of switch gears, because I'm just going to give a kind of brief overview of what my website's about, and what I like to write about, and what I like. So, we go, the Alliance of American Football, a whole bunch of different articles. Now, I was really excited to see this, I thought I was doing well, um, it's pretty good football, you know, they had a... Um, what was it? Oh shoot! Now I'm gonna get the name wrong. Trent was it Richardson, and then um, Manzel, Johnny Manzel. They just got him in there, and then there was some other guys who kind of fell by the wayside or from smaller schools, and um, got a chance to kind of show off their uh, show off their skills in a um, football league that they wanted. Um. They got a chance to show their skills that they will probably wouldn't got a chance to show their skills, you know, in uh, the NFL. It was always the CFL, but I was really surprised. Um, the football was pretty good. I did notice there was a lot of fumbles, dropped catches that should have been caught. Um, quarterbacks overthrowing their targets more than you see in the NFL. I personally like college football because um, the because you see um, you know more and more politics, but hopefully it's kind of uh, getting less and less, but let's just read the Orange County Register. AAF goes under inside the sudden collapse of Alliance of America football. It says one team president of a clean house desk. We made a deal with the devil. So Steve Spurrier, glad to see him. He was doing pretty good with Atlanta Legends. Um, let's just kind of read the opening paragraph. Three weeks before the Alliance of football. Of the Alliance of American Football suspended operations against his wishes, co-founding league officials and leaving stunned employees and players stranded and reeling. Charlie Epstrel stood on the sideline at SDCCU Stadium in a blue AAF windbreaker reveling in the roar of the crowd. It had been Epstrel's vision to start a spring football league, one that might complement the NFL instead of compete with it. In a matter of time, he built one complete with eight teams, more than 400 players, and a slew of major major media partners. Everyone seems to forget that in stories. We built this league from absolutely nothing. No company behind us, no marketing agency, none of that built from scratch. 
So it's pretty disappointing um, to see that it go under. <clears throat> but I thought it was pretty good football. I thought that there was a lot of things that um, could have went well. They could should have gave me another chance. Maybe just kind of push it through to one year and see after the season gets done instead of banning it. I was going to hope and watch it this weekend, but I guess not. So that's just a little um, of sports. Um, if you guys watch MMA, Eddie Alvarez got um, knocked out in his debut in the one in the uh, Dream Championship, which was kind of um, kind of disappointing to see. I thought he was going to win that. But, you know, just um, different sports, and I'm just going to cover later. And then the third thing is just kind of overview and just kind of explaining what um website will be about. So, you know, just bear with me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the one, so we not dream. But that's kind of sad to see. And then you had it, uh, Dizzy Demetrius Johnson, um, a really good fight. And, uh, he's always a, f um, exciting fighter to watch. You have Sage Norcutt making his debut in the one, um, the one, uh, FEC pretty soon. And then, um, we have, you know, it's kind of like, I was not doing the senior league, but, uh, Bellator signed Josh Burnett. And then in New York City, um, Chael Sons would be fighting, uh, Lee Akio Machida. So, I mean, you have um, fights outside the UFC actually turning out pretty good. Um, <clears throat> you just look at different um, different fights coming up. If you guys, like, you know, check out UFC Bellator 1, um, the 1 FC Championship. There's a lot of cool different fights coming up that um be really fun to cover when um, they start just... Coming around, we got UFC 236 with Holloway versus Poirier. And uh, that should be a really awesome fight. Um, we just have all these different fights coming up. If you're an MMA fan, that you should be really, 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 really excited for. Um, that there is just a lot of people um, that are on these fight cards that make for exciting fights. Um, UC 143 Dennis Poirier did beat Max Holloway with a triangle um, armbar that's pretty impressive but um, Max Holloway is a changed fighter and I think he's going to win that championship um, he has his last loss was to Conor McGregor but I think Max Holloway would beat him now, but Max Holloway's just a change fighter. Uh, Brian Ortega, he dominated. Jose Aldo, he dominated. Um, the guys look unstoppable of late in, in the 145-pound um, division. So I'm really excited to really watch this fight. Max Holloway is such an exciting fighter, but we'll get into that a little more um, down the road when the events come up, you know, give a preview on my website. So please check it out, theolsonfiles.com. And then also a little bit into cars, because, again, that's what we cover, politics, sports, 
and cars. So I am going to, along with my website, have a YouTube show coming up about my three cars or my three classics. Um, and hopefully get back on the dirt bike and do some hair scrambles or endurance races. Um, not anything pro, but just something for fun and just something, you know, to kind of hopefully be able to film. So a little bit about, um, my website, the, the website will feature like car builds and the car builds on my YouTube show. So I will link those along with my podcast, which, um, won't always be the same, you know, won't always cover all the things the podcast might cover more politics one day, sports the next day, cars the next day, depending on, um, what's going on and, you know, trying to stay busy with a full-time job and, um, also training judo, hopefully three times a week. I've gone back to martial arts to get back into shape and train something that I like that includes throws and, um, it looks like a pretty cool gym that includes, uh, traditional judo, which includes groundwork, the pins, the chokes, um, the arm bars and the throws, of course. So, um, that's something that I think I'll like. And just like I said, it's your preference. I like two strokes more. A lot of people four four strokes, but I like judo a little more than the BJJ, but that's kind of your preference. You know, if you want to argue one's better, um, you know, whatever is your preference, that's what I say. But um, so the cars that I got, so let's start off with the um, one I've had the longest that's still in pieces. So I got a 92 uh, Ford Maverick 1972 Grabber. So, um, sorry, I should have said that a little different. 1972 Ford Maverick Grabber has a 302 <clears throat> that probably needs to be rebuilt. But when we got it, I had an engine from, uh, I think it was a Ford or Maverick that fired right up. Pretty good engine. But I'm going to be rebuilding that and hopefully posting pictures of my progress on the on the website and the YouTube show. Then the um, second car truck SUV 4x4, whatever you call it, that I've had the second longest is a 1968 Ford Bronco. It has a three and a half inch lift, 33, 12 and a half tires um, with a 289. Um, I've took that mudding, I've pulled out Jeeps, Toyotas, you know, whatever you name it. That thing's a tank. Um, Hopefully put some new leaf springs on. That's something I can afford right now. And probably make a video about that. And I want to do a um, electronic fuel conversion kit. And maybe new radio just to get it down the road. And um, maybe paint it soon. Hopefully get a winch. And um, one of my projects will be welding up a, um, a dirt bike hauler by myself. My day job is a welder. So if I could you know, do a little project, you know, how to, um, to build a dirt bike hauler for my, uh, Yamaha, so 2004 YZ250, <clears throat> and I hope to get back on and riding soon, so, the Bronco needs some work, not as much work as the Maverick, it has, you know, the inside fender wells are rusted out, so I need to do a couple, um, a couple, um, body body panel replacements that shouldn't be too hard to do with my background in welding but I think it'll be really really fun and then my third car is that I used to drive used to be my daily driver is a 1972 Datsun 510 
Um, they both had the L20B engines um, out of a uh, Datsun 620 pickup, but the first one blew up, and then the second one blew up, even blew up the freeze plugs. So, no, that was the first one, so I blew up the freeze plugs. The second one, I was driving home from Swan Island, that's in uh, the Portland area, and um, it's. I was driving at home, and I noticed it was running rough when I took a look at it. I, I was hoping it was just a distributor, got out of whack, or maybe turned, but when I got at home, I ch- pulled the spark plugs. So one, the um, first spark plug was smashed, second one was kind of messed up. It turned out to be my crankshaft broke. So I'm going to be doing something um, that's sacrilegious. Mostly it's a lot of Chevy guys, you know, always put the Chevy engines and then... Uh, in Fords, but um, but I'll be putting out a basically a Pinot engine out of um, a Ford Ranger in the in the um, Datsun 510. So I may call it a Four Sun, a Ford Sun, depending on um, what I feel like. But hopefully get that up. But the guy who did the body work on that did a lot of weird Bondo work. So some of the paints peeling, um, it looked pretty nice. I'll probably post some pictures up of all my cars up here on the website soon. So yeah, um, kind of a little rough overview of what the website and the podcast will be, but again, it'll change daily. Um, Hopefully do a weekly one. If I have enough time, um, I like to do it daily, but probably weekly or a couple times a week. Kind of fill you guys in with the YouTube show and then training judo and, um, you know, having a family, kids, a wife. So just try to get that all in though. But yeah, Keep a lookout for the website coming up, and I hope you guys follow this. Um, I will leave you guys to your day to have fun on Saturday. So, yeah, check out my website, YouTube show coming up, and my podcast, and I'll talk to you guys soon.